Hello again, Vixens fans. Welcome to Here If You Need for another week, brought to you by our great mates at Deakin University. As I am each and every week, Clint Stanaway here, if you didn't know, uh, joined by Sherelle McMahon, Vixens and Australian Diamonds legend. Hi, Shaz. Hi. How are you going, Stanners? I'm pretty good, thank you. I'm, um, I'm really happy with the Vixens at the moment. Geez, they're flying, aren't they? That was a, a great performance against the Swifts. Yeah, super performance. And in fact, since we've last spoken to great performances, we've backed up against the Thunderbirds and uh, had that really great win there and then with the Swifts. So some some really great uh, work being done over the last couple of weeks. And I mean, it doesn't get easier, does it? Things just keep rolling right. on in this season. But um, yeah, they've, they've been good. And I feel like physically and mentally, they seem to be holding up really well, which is a positive in this situation. Are you, I'm quite exhausted and I'm not doing anything, watching from afar. Yeah, I'm, there's, there's a lot of netball to keep up with, that is <laughs> absolutely sure. Um, am I exhausted? Well, yes, but that's probably just because I don't go to bed early enough uh, <laughs> more than anything else. And Xavier exhausts me having to ask him to do his schoolwork 500 times a day. But no, the netball is a nice little relief for me at the moment. It's good. It's very, very good. Hey, we've got a really special guest today. Um, a great mate of both of ours, it must be said. Two stints at the Vixens. 2014 Commonwealth Games gold, if you don't mind. Throw in a world championship as well. She's a former Liz Ellis Diamond. Uh, say hello to a Vixens favourite superstar mother as well in Renee Ingalls. Hi, Renee. Hello, guys. I'm a bit excited about today. <laughs> What's tonight like for me this morning for you? <laughs> yeah, well, just, just tell us about where exactly you are. Yeah, well, still here, sort of stuck in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, <laughs> Joe is in Florida um, in the NBA bubble and has been away for eight weeks now. Wow. Um, this time of year is usually when we're actually back in Australia. So that's obviously been made a little bit tough this year. However, I have to look at the positives. And one of those is that we've got, we had a summer this year. So the kids yeah. have actually just come out of their very first summer and have loved it. Wouldn't recommend it when you're as pregnant as I am at the moment, but we're having fun, um, but certainly missing home. So I've been really pleased that the netball came back on because that's kind of my thing that I do on the treadmill now. I watch all of the Vixen <laughs> replays because they're usually on pretty late at night over here. Yeah, and your well, thoughts so far on, on what you've seen? I am loving how the girls are playing. I just think that there's no weak spot and I don't think the Vixens ever have a weak spot. However, the way they're playing is a really great style of netball that I think they've just built upon the last couple of years. Um, in particular, I'm really loving what the attack end are doing. Um, I just think you can just see the flow and Shaz, hail to Shaz because I know she does a lot of work at that attack end. But you can just see the connections and the flow that are happening. And I was one of the people that probably criticised the substitution rule a little bit, but I am loving it, especially in that Vixens attack line because, I mean, to be able to take an MJ off to put a Katie Thwaites on or to take a Tegan off to put a Katie Thwaites or an MJ on, I mean, what a luxury for Simone and the coaches. It's, yeah, and I'm really so loving the action. For the, opposition, for the opposition to have to try and contend with that. I think that that's oh. one of the things. With that substitution rule, I, I, you know, the changes for me, I'm a bit like, oh, I don't know. But that is one I've always liked because I just, I never liked the pretend injury. I didn't like the sore finger. I agree. I agree. And it, 
keeps the flow of the game going, doesn't it? Which I do. I agree. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And can, what I about- just, can I just ask you both, just quickly, sorry. I want to know just on that, what's, when you have had to fake an injury, can I say, can I use that word? What's your worst pretend in, in injury? Oh, I think it's just the finger always, isn't it? It's like, oh, my finger, my finger, the yeah, ankle, and then, you know. I think for me it was always my finger. I mean, not that back then there wasn't as many rotations, I guess, but um, my finger, but then my knees were really dodgy. Um, so I just had to point to the knee, so it was all okay. <laughs> and it was very believable because I was probably limping around the court by the end. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but what about your um, direct, well, not your direct substitution, I guess, but in a way, Kate Eddy has been that. Um, she's coming to the team this year, back from the Swifts. How have you seen her coming into the game? And I guess, in a way, that flexibility too, that it gives the defence end. Oh, absolutely. And I think what I've really liked is seeing her grab the goal defence bib at times as well, that flexibility down there for Simone and the coaching staff. Um, I think she's slotted in beautifully um, and I think you can see that all of those girls came through um, the age ranks together um, yes. they've got a great relationship both on and off the court and I just think that's that's what I mean when you look at the team there's just no weak spot and it's all just flowing really well of course there's small areas to always fix but I just think they're playing a really good hard team game at the moment um, I'm really loving Joe Weston's attack out of defence, might I say, because, you know, we gave each other a few rockets there a couple of times the last few years, but I'm really, really liking it, and I love that she's still got that long bomb shoulder pass where she tries to get those goal assists, of course, but um, it's all just flowing really, really well at the moment, and I think they're handling the pressure of it all really, really well, and I think you can obviously, looking at the girls, they look fit, they look strong, so a credit to, you know, all the coaching and support staff behind the scenes but for the girls obviously in tough circumstances in 2020 who have done the work and I think that's obvious. What's it like watching now as a um, as a retired player? Retired again Renee? (laughs) (laughs) Well I can actually say that's the biggest difference to retirement one to retirement two. In retirement one I've I missed it the entire time. This time, I'm genuinely just enjoying the game as a fan. The pregnancy is probably helping with that a little bit. I'm really big <laughs> and I'm really slow. So I look at those girls and I'm like, I ain't got that anymore. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's actually really exciting for me to watch now rather than upsetting or hurting or any of those things that I kind of felt in the um, first retirement. have to say, though, seeing all of like their posts on social media and then seeing everything that happens on the game day. I miss that. I miss the team camaraderie so much and I, I'm not sure I'll ever not miss that. So you're saying there's a chance. Fast no. forward 12 months, there's a no. chance. No, no. <laughs> there is no chance. There's not a chance. Is, as you keep mentioning, you do have a little bun in the oven to add to the little crew. Already, how? I mean, I've, you're saying you're loving watching the, uh, the girls on social media. I love watching... Um, you talk about the, the challenges that you guys go through, but also seeing how fit and active you still are through all that. What, how's it going? What, what, where are you up to? When are we expecting the new one? Um, I'm actually due at uh, the end of November. So we're about 27 coming into 28 weeks this week. Um, it's tough. Like 
the twins gave me a false sense of security with a pregnancy thing. I was like, oh, pregnant again and it's only one, we'll be fine. Well, that has not been the case. Everything that I experienced in the first pregnancy um, and how easy it was is the complete opposite this time around and I'm chasing two four-year-olds around, which is obviously a lot harder and then you're husband leaves for eight weeks and then you've got a global pandemic so you're stuck at home so you know <laughs> well, just a couple of things to contend with there <laughs> no but we're actually um we're really really good i'm absolutely loving this age with the kiddos as you would know shaz like they've just grown up so much in probably the last six months um or even 12 months but probably since properly retiring from netball and really just being here and being present, not worrying about flights anywhere or trainings anywhere and, you know, not having a set schedule, which I thought I'd struggle a lot more with, whereas now it's just like, don't have to do it today. So that's kind of nice, but we're really busy, but we're, we're holding up really, really well. I'm just obviously missing home um, in particular, all friends and family back home, but you know, where we feel like we've, got to keep perspective and be grateful for what we can be grateful for. And what do the kids think about a little brother or sister coming along? Well, we're having a boy. We found out okay. we're having a boy. Um, I don't think Jacob could care less, whereas Miller was <laughs> devastated when I told her it was a boy. However, now I think she's realised she'll remain the only princess of the family. So mm. she's, she's okay with it now. Um, she'll talk about it being a boy, whereas um, in the early days she was pretty much in denial about that. So. You're the only, only princess in the family, Nay, until the next one comes along. Oh, well, I've <laughs> always said, honestly, my whole life I've said, oh, I'd love to have four kids until this pregnancy. And then I'm like, mm, three's a really nice number. <laughs> As you said, one of the other challenges that you've got going on in the household is that your husband, Joe, is away in the NBL, sorry, in the NBA hub. Um, tell us about what his experience is like over there because we can imagine some of those challenges that you're and you've told us on social media. But how, how's it going for him being in that experience? Yeah, I think um, the anticipation of going into this NBA hub and not necessarily knowing what it was going to look like, whether it was going to work, were they literally stuck could they leave their rooms all of those sort of questions obviously the fear of going in not knowing what it was going to look like was worse than what it actually is of the reality that's in there um the nba have done a terrific job they've had no positive cases which is just i think it's blown us all away they've done a really really excellent job and the basketball has been really great um so i think for joe he misses us a huge amount and feels guilty, I think, um, watching what we deal with on a daily basis back here and that he gets to be in the hub and do his thing. But he's actually really enjoying just like what we spoke about a bit earlier, being back with the team, the camaraderie, having goals. They were working so hard, hoping that the season would come back. So the fact that it did is a huge positive and they're right in the middle of playoffs at the moment. So it's a pretty exciting time. Um, in basketball and, and yeah he's doing really well and then um, Renee what logistics how what happens from here um, do you come back to Australia what, what's sort of the plan we're kind of stuck out of Australia yeah, at the moment honestly um, not a lot of flights are going in and out of Australia especially from the United States because the numbers are so bad over here not necessarily terrible in Utah but just the states in general is pretty bad 
Um, and then just like anyone else, if we were to come back to Australia, which I thought about doing when Joe went into the hub, mm. we would need to do a two-week hotel quarantine. Mm. And we just made the decision that that's probably not the greatest thing for Jacob. Um, yeah. And my sanity, I think I'd probably go a bit loopy bouncing off the walls. It's hard enough in a house with a backyard and all my own snacks and food um, for the kiddos. So we just decided that's probably not the greatest idea at the moment. And then the time that we actually would have come back was right when your lockdown, your 2.0 plus um, lockdown started. So we actually would have been sort of locked down in a house in Australia anyway and not being able to really see family and friends. So... We've decided to stay here. Um, obviously, the plan will be uh, for the kids and I, depending on when the NBA season is next year, that we will come back um, at some stage in 2020 to see family and friends and watch netball and, you know, obviously catch up with everyone that we've... Because it was 12 months ago that we left Australia now, so wow. this is the longest I've ever been um, away from family and stuff. Um so, yeah, we'll just see what happens. We don't know when the next NBA season and stuff's going to be next year. Um, we've got to look at, you know, what it's like pulling Miller out of preschool and Jacob out of therapy and, and just get all of those logistics right. But certainly dying to get home to see everyone. But obviously health is above everything at the moment. So excuse my ignorance, but were the twins born in, in Melbourne or in Australia or in the States? Yeah. yeah so you're going to have a little American baby. We are. We're going to have a dual passport, baby. Whoa. <laughs> I know. So hopefully Miller and Jacob don't want anything to do with college sport, but this third one does because they've got the passport sorted. <laughs> hey, Shaz, how about we dive into some questions from our great fans because we know that uh, Renee is a Vixen's treasure and there's so many great questions um, with thanks to Deakin University. Digital is in Deakin University's DNA. 40 years of experience in distance and online learning, discover why they're the number one Australian public university for overall educational experience, premium, proven, loved, study online at Deakin University, Renee. Zali kicks us off um, right. today. She wants to know, it's a little bit of a, you know, where did you get started in netball type question? Why netball for you? Well, I actually, I was pretty lucky. My parents were very, very good to all three of us um, kids and let us try most sports. And I was actually really into basketball at the time. And my best friend at school actually was in a Saturday morning netball team and said to me, we need a fill in this weekend. Would you come and play? I thought, oh, sure, I'll give this netball thing a go. And I got the goal attack bib on day one. So I never looked back. I loved the sport. I was like, this is for me. <laughs> um, so I just started playing off locally um, with all of my best friends. And I think that's what I've loved the most about my entire netball career and journey is getting to run out there each weekend or each week or each tour with a whole bunch of your best friends and having fun and um, setting goals and hoping to achieve them. So... It's never really changed for me um, that whole time. But that's, again, what I miss the most about it all is my friends. Perfect. Um, I'm going to jump in there, Clint, because I asked you before, Nay, about how you think that um, Kate Eddy's going. Yeah. Um, but there's a question here from Neats, um, and they want to know um, about, well, we've already spoken about how she's going, but what advice you would give to her or give to you know, any wing defender uh, when they're stepping out into this competition? 
Oh, gosh, that's tough. And I think Kate Eddy is doing an incredible job, so it doesn't need too much for Renee Ingalls' advice, that's for sure. I think they're playing really well, that defence end. Um, but I think any wing defence coming through is... Wing defence, you know, they get a hard, hard rap. Like, people don't really want the wing defence bid. But I think, for me, what I tried to do was, whilst, of course, my defensive game was incredibly important, I tried to make my attacking game and flair part of that wing defence position and an important part of that wing defence position and helping the attack end as much as I could by bringing that ball down as fast and as hard as I could. And um, I think Kate and Joel are both doing a really, really good job of that um, and we'll love to keep seeing that. But, yeah, for any wing defender, do lots of footwork and get your attacking game going because that can help you on the flip side in your defensive game. Yeah, that's game. good. And I think that um, Kate has been doing a really good job. It can really set up... The flow and the timing of the attack end when you've got that ball coming down court really nicely. Um, here's another one from Addison. We just you spoke a little bit before about where you started and what made motivated you to start. But Addison wants to know um, how you'd encourage those young netballers, those up and coming netballers, and what advice you would give to them as kind of the other end of the advice perhaps you'd give to Kate Eddie. I think whenever I get asked this question, especially for young netballers coming through, is first and foremost, you've got to enjoy what you're doing. So make sure you love netball and you love training and all of those things or whatever sport it is that you decide. But as a young netballer, play and try as many positions as you can. And I think you would know as well, Shaz, when you come to trying out for Australian teams or whatever it is, the more tricks you've got in a kit bag, the better. And the more positions or bibs that you can essentially wear at a trials or, um, you know, on joining any team, the more positions that you're able to play and be really good at, I think can only help you in the long run. Um, and I probably, like I was a goal defence pretty much all of my career until later on when I became a wing defence, but then I kind of just became a wing defence. So working on my centre game came quite a lot later whereas I wish I'd probably done more of that work earlier in my career which could have helped me even more not only with the wing defense game but center and just making myself a bit more versatile in, in that sense so yeah. grab any bib you can whenever you can and, and just learn all of the positions because that'll only help you with the rest anyway yeah the first state team that I made and the first nationals that I played in I played both goal defense and goal attack so yeah. I think having that flexibility particularly when you're a bit younger and as you mentioned then as probably as you go through you specialize a little bit more but that's I think that that's great advice um another one from me Clint I like this one from Mel who was the funniest player that you played with when you played oh the funniest player goodness I mean obviously you, think you don't have to you know yeah. me as <laughs> um Oh, I have to say Susan Meany, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, how do you go past it? If you're looking at, like, current Vixens, KD is very funny, um, raw yeah. funny. But yeah. Susan Meany was the prankster. I feel like you were always watching your back about what Susan Meany was going to do to you or how she was going to trick you or the jokes she was going to play. Um, and that was anybody. She'd even do it to the coaching staff. Yeah. And I remember as a young one being like, Oh gosh, I can't believe she put salt in the, the coach's bed. Like, who would do that? But she would. Um, so she always kept, I think, the off court 
side of things really, really good fun. And she was just white line fever once she got on the court. And I think I always admired that. And you and I are still very good friends with Suze and speak to her on a daily basis. And she's exactly the same. <laughs> How good. I love it. I love a prankster. Oh, she is for sure. Um, this is an interesting one. Um, you can't change the past, but if you could change the outcome of just one game, what would it be? I'm going to ask both of you, starting with you, Renee, Ooh. if that's all right. Is there one ball. game that just sort of dig, you know? It's probably the same one. <laughs> I'd say it's Delhi in yeah. 2011. I would love to change the outcome of that game, um, the longest game in netball history, um, and made worse by the fact that it was a really long time to get home and that we'd lost that game. Um, yeah. yeah, I think if we could change any game, it would be that. I think all of the hard work leading up, um, to the Delhi Commonwealth Games. And then once we were there, nothing was easy. Everything was just such a struggle and a challenge and people getting sick and just, it was a really tough time. So not necessarily the most enjoyable tournament, um, but I think it obviously would have made all been worth it had we come home with that gold medal. However, I do think that that Delhi 2011 tournament and coming home with a silver medal taught me more in my career than any other tour or game. And I think that actually got me to where I was four years later, standing, you know, on the Commonwealth Games stage with a gold around my neck in Glasgow and then the year after in Sydney at the World Championships. So I still would prefer the colour gold, um, but I did <laughs> learn a lot from that game. And I no, no doubt that'll be the same for Shazza. Yeah. Yeah, and it is a, that's the same for me, Clint. You threw that question at me too. I would love to change the result of that. And there are just moments in that game that you remember, and that's the, the tough thing when you lose in that way that you can pick out times where you think, if I'd just done that one thing differently, then it would have changed the outcome of the game. So that's the sort of thing that runs through your head. But in the same way that you said, Renee, that it gives you a different perspective on things. You know, yeah. I've been incredibly lucky with some of the experiences that I've had with the Aussie team, like a one in double extra time and, you know, right at the last second. And in a, in a weird way, it just made me appreciate those times more too. Um, so yeah. you kind of realise how easily it could have gone the other way. And so while, yes, we would love that gold medal, I think, um, you know, there's, there's things to be taken away from um, experience like that. Yeah. Hey, I've got one more um, before, Shaz. I'll let you bring us home. Um, and I'm intrigued by this. I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm not sure. Chrissy asks, is netball a thing in the US? Like a no. thing at all? No, they've got, the, they've got small leagues, um, but it's definitely not known at all. I'm very under the radar here, which is really, really nice. Um, no, a lot of people here, especially in Utah, will ask me what sport it was that I was a professional in. And if I've got time, I'll tell them about netball. And if I don't, I'll tell them I played basketball professionally in Australia because they just don't understand the concepts of it all sort of coming together. Is it volleyball? Is it handball? Is it basketball? Is it a combination of both? Um, but there are leagues and I keep saying to everyone, as soon as the Americans get onto this sport and girls that maybe don't make it to like the WNBA, they would be very, very good at netball. So I don't know if we want them to know about it just yet. No. Yeah, it would be a scary thing, that's for sure. That's for sure. Sure. Hey, now, 
got, I've got one. I'm going to pick one more out from our fans, and then I want to finish with one of my own. Um, who was Han wants to know who was your idol as a little girl when you were growing up? It was actually Liz Boniello or Liz Tavener, who was the goal defence for the Melbourne Phoenix at the time and the captain. And she also played for the Australian netball team as well. And then when I was younger and coming in and, and started training with the Melbourne Phoenix at 15, 16, I'd actually walk from school down to Liz's house and she'd drive me to training. And I think maybe some of my organisational ways and structures have probably come from those car trips with Lizzie. Um, but I just loved her because she wasn't, I guess, what you would say, looking at her, the, the big athletic beast or, you know, anything like that. But she, she just had an amazing netball IQ and she just would take intercepts where you didn't understand where she actually came from. And, and coming through the ranks, I was a goal defence, so obviously wanted to play for the Melbourne Phoenix and be as close to, like, Liz as I could. So, yeah, definitely Lizzie. Yeah, and talking about um, funny teammates, Clint from before, she's hilarious. Um, she is. mean to be, but <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but other times she's just a funny, funny. She's a great teammate. Yeah, really. she was. Um, and the last one I want to finish with, Nay, is um, you know you touched on a little bit there your organisational skills and maybe some of the quirks you had um, when you were playing. Um, I remember one of the things, Clint, that Renee and I used to do, and I don't know if it was a, such a thing for Renee, but it kind of was for me. I know because, what you're going to say because it was a thing yeah. for me. I know exactly what you're going to say. Because it's it's funny when you're an athlete. There's little things that boxes that you feel like you have to tick before you get to the game day and one of the things many as it got towards the end of my career I had more and more but when Renee and I were playing on each other she was wing defense I was goal attack we'd all be out on court before the first whistle and we'd look each other in the eye from across the center third and just give each other and looked as if to say come yeah, on come on yeah and let's do this yeah any other player throughout my whole career in that sort of time but it was just so, I don't know, it was a weird thing and I loved that connection that we had, Nay, when we were playing. Um, but one of the other things I clearly remember too is I, I was always an, uh, someone who didn't like waiting around much before a game, so I would get there <laughs> on the time that we had to get there or maybe a minute before, maybe a minute after. Um, but Ooh. Renee would get there hours beforehand and one day Renee I arrived like half an hour early and I think your head nearly popped off its shoulders because you were like what time is it what am I <laughs> <laughs> so, hey I apologize for freaking you out for being early but um what were some of the things and how did you prepare because you were quite meticulous with that yeah I was firstly Honestly, Shaz, that is one of the memories that I tell people about all the time about you and I and just looking across the court and I felt like I just knew that we're on the same wavelength and we're like, yeah, we mean business, let's do this and let's do this together. Um, that was incredibly special to me and that's something from my entire career that I'll definitely hold on to and I always tell young kids coming through. Um, next, yes, I was so meticulous. Um, until I had kids and I think that gave me a huge amount of perspective and my goodness, I wasted so much time sitting in the change rooms and listening to the same songs or eating the right foods or taping, you know, this um, leg before that one um, and leaving no stone unturned, which 
you know, uh, as you get more experienced or older, you'd like to say you learn that you probably don't need any of that. And I think when I didn't do any of that, I probably played my better netball. Um, that game, I remember you walking in half an hour early and I don't think I stressed because I thought I had less time. I was like, what's wrong with her? Is she injured? Why would she be here 30 minutes early? <laughs> what is she doing? Yeah. Why is she early? <laughs> but I think that's one of the, whenever people ask me what is one of the biggest regrets over my career, I always say that I wish I was less of a perfectionist um, in the early years of my career because some of the things that I worried about or stressed about just didn't matter um, once you walked out on, onto the court and the whistle blew. Um, and I think later in my career, I obviously didn't have the time to do all of those things, so didn't have the time to think about them and it just didn't matter at all. So I just feel like I wasted some time um, with all of that stuff. But, you know, that was me. There's still elements in my life where I'm still like that. I'm very organised, not as stressed and meticulous as I used to be. But, um, yeah, that's probably one of the things that I'm like, ugh. Could have had so much more time up my sleeve. <laughs> hey, ladies, I love this look you used to give each other um, pre-match. Can I just, for those, we might actually clip this say. up. We might clip <laughs> this up as the video um, portion of this podcast. Shaz, I want you to look at Renee. Renee, I want you to look at Shaz. Give each other the look. I want to be fired up. <laughs> be a day in COVID. All right, let's do it, Clint. <laughs> I think we need to be in a different mindset, Clint. I'm I know, sure. very different. Yeah, I, I, I'm, it's quite underwhelming, to be honest. <laughs> hey, Renee, um, I want to finish with two. Um, I want to quickly just ask you about the, the work that you and Joe continue to do um, for four ASD kids. Um, it, it has a special place in your heart. You're obviously still doing a power of work Um uh, with that organisation. Just tell us a little bit about that and, and how it's all going. Yeah, I think 2020 is a tough year for all of us and I think obviously for charities and stuff as well who can't be out there and active and fundraising and having events and, and being able to help everyone that they can. We're lucky that 4ASD Kids is in a position at the moment to keep helping the people that we're helping for another 12 months, which is a great um, thing, but we're continually brainstorming and coming together about what more we can do in this space, especially because, like, as we all know, COVID is incredibly tough on individuals, families, families with um, kids or adults that have special mm. needs. It's just a really stressful time. So for us, we're looking at ways that we can help um, families that might have children with autism, how we can help um, financially, emotionally, all of those things. We have to be honest and say that some things have had to be put on hold just um, logistically like most things in across the world at the moment. But, yeah, very, very proud of the organisation. Obviously very, very proud of all of the kids that are part of that and who we are helping. Um, but, yeah, it's very, very close to our heart and a very tough time for everyone. So if anyone can pitch in and help in any way, we would love your ideas and to know how because it's a... Pretty tough time. Uh, the Vixens family, I'm sure. Um, well, I know that they 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 admire um, you both for the, the work that you do and your passions. So, um, thank you. All the very best going forward. Um, final one from me. 
watching from afar? What sort of feel are you getting for the Vixens? Do you think they can potentially go all the way? Is this the year? I don't think they can potentially go all the way. I think they can and they will if they stick to the strategies and the game plans that they're doing and continue to handle the lockdown hub life as well as they are. I think they're a really well-oiled machine at the moment that obviously just each week need to keep building on the week before. Cliche, I know, but absolutely I have all faith and I think um, they're doing a great job where they're sitting on the ladder at the moment and I have no doubt it's just going to continue. That was a bit of a role reversal then because usually it's the journo who's talking it up and the athlete who's not, you know, and you've just... I've gone potentially, you've gone, nah, they're going to win it. Yeah, nah, I, <laughs> I, I honestly do. I think watching them is really, really exciting for that reason. And I know, obviously, we all know the insides of the Vixens really well, um, both on individual level, a team level, and the work that Simone and the whole team are doing behind. And they're pushing themselves to get better every week, which is a scary thing for the rest of the competition, I think. Lovely to see you, Renee. Um, all the very best with motherhood and obviously the Thank pregnancy. Um, we love catching up with you on here if you need. Thanks, guys. So nice to talk to you guys. Chaz, um, good luck with the day. And I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah, I'll see you next week. Looking forward to it. Hopefully we've got another couple of wins under the belt and we can chat all things Vixens then. That'd be very nice. With thanks to Deakin University, that was here if you need. At Deakin, digital is in our DNA. With 40 years of experience in distance and online learning, discover why we're the number one Australian public university for overall educational experience. Premium, proven, loved. Study online at Deakin. Applications closing soon.